I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. And here we are on an unusual Wednesday night for the fifth and last NRL podcast. Boxhead, how's your week been? Different. Yeah, different. Different? How so? Oh, just some different stuff going on with footy this week. And yeah, weather and school, a couple of things that aren't out of uh, aren't normal. So yeah, it is what it is. Well, there you go. And that's the first thing I'll explain. As usual, messages from people. Are we missing? Have we been taken by a drug cartel? Are we smuggling? Have we gone underground? Have no. moved to the Ozarks? As usual, it's my fault. Work called in last night, was out until 2am digging up some poor bastard's front lawn to try and fix their power. Um, we tried to hook it up again today in between me going back to work and you going to school, but we're finally sitting down to do it tonight. Yeah. We always find a way. We always find a time and of all weeks to happen. Probably the best week possible because Magic Round kicks off a day later. So there's still two days in between. Yeah. And how good we've got here. We, we were going to be attending, but you just mentioned it before. Different week for football for yourself. You are part of the staff for the New South Wales Rugby League City vs. Country game. Yeah. So Ron Massey, Cup's best players are selected to go up against some of the best from the group Rugby League out in country. So Illawarra Comp, uh, Group 9, so places like Gundagai, Wagga Wagga, etc. Um, there's a few of those comps together. They pick their best. There's a lot of X under 20s and New South Wales Cup style players. There's a couple of ex-NRL players in that country team in Zach Sadler and Darby Medlin. So it uh, should be a good game. It'll be, yeah, it'll be a good week. There's um, 16s, 18s, women's, all at Leichhardt over two days, I think it is. No, nah, I think Saturday's at Brookvale. Okay. Or uh, Four Pines or whatever they're calling it. Um, and, yeah, then we're at Leichhardt on Sunday. So uh, it'll be good. We are at the New South Wales Centre of Excellence last night. Impressive facility that. That's the first time I've, you know, been through it in in its entirety. We'd obviously been there a couple of times through, you know, our time doing Harold Matson SG ball. But uh, yeah, it's a great facility and got to train on the on the main deck there last night and it was yeah it was it was unreal. They even showed us the entry to the tunnel where the Blues come out for um, the home origin, sort yep. of where they enter and obviously they come out at the stadium. So. Yeah, it's it's a it's a really really good week facility. Ahead. Yeah, well, we're forward to back it. there again tomorrow night, and um, then at Albury Keach, Mounties home ground on Saturday for captain's run and a bit of a lunch tomorrow night. We're yeah, training and then uh, over for some dinner. So no, really impressive bunch of guys. Like it's we've got a very young squad at the moment in at Mounties in our New South Wales Cup and and Ron Massey Cup, but. Uh, a lot of experienced heads, like you said, guys that have played a lot of cup, you know, a little bit of NRL, been in NRL squad. So I've certainly noticed a difference 
probably just in terms of experience mm. and having having a couple of those older guys there and it certainly does make your job a lot easier as a coach. Um, there won't be much overcoaching happening this week. So Yep. Well, um, if you're in Sydney this weekend and you're looking for your rugby league fix with the NRL games up at Magic Round, no doubt you'll be looking to take as much of that in as possible on your TV. But during the day, over those two days, go to New South Wales rugbyleague.com um, and you can see the lineups, the times, the grounds for those games. Like Brock said, Sunday, Leichhardt, 2pm for the Ron Massey versus City versus Country um, for the open age football, basically. But 16s, 18s, women's, there's a lot of good up-and-coming talent, um, especially those 16s, 18s teams. There'll be a lot of guys that would have featured in the Mats SG ball comps will be players that will be coming up for the future for your clubs. But a uh, bit, bit of a difference tonight. Instead of doing the set of six, most of the topics would have been overdone the last couple of days, some of the points we would have made, I'll just roll into the game reviews, which will obviously be probably a bit shorter as well. And then we'll talk a little bit more about Magic Round and obviously do our tips and our previews yeah. to get something <clears> out. You're so, still going to get the same content. You're just going to get it in a different format. 100% right. Um, like I said, most of those points will relate to those teams when we talk about the games anyway. But this show is always brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with bluebet.com.au. Download the app today. App Store, Google Play Store, or visit the website. There is no one better. And uh, the charity bet. We were robbed this week. Big Talma. It was my bet. The first one, fair enough. It was a no try. But the second time, he just had to ground it. Yeah. And he bounced it. That would have been a nice collect of 300 plus. But unfortunately, two times over the line, no try and another loss. So we're still on $322.50. That's okay. We're plugging away all right. I appreciate the effort. But if you get over twice when you're a big man, you've got to get one. You've got to get it down, big dog. You've got to bank one, Tomer. Come on, big boy. You've got hands like dinner plates. $300 plus. Dollars. That would have been very, very nice for the charity. Jeez, um, he's speaking to Tom Lola, hasn't he? found some nice form in the last... Right. Particularly the last two or three weeks, I've really noticed his impact. Well, uh, Tom Lolo. Holmes, like the two big guys there with huge paychecks. Holmes, and, Holmes had his best season since he's been at the Sharks. Since the Sharks, that's so right. The real question mark, like I said, wasn't the green shoots that I was confident of. It's what you could do with those other guys. And Todd mm. Payton certainly got buy-in from the two deals that most of us would have looked at in the off-season and said, oh, they're big problems. Um, and well, the, they were big questions, problems last year, weren't they? So. Exactly, because it wasn't his doing. You arrived to the club and you looked and thought, you're going to have to work around them. But if they keep playing the way they are, yeah, they're living up to their money. They're living up to the money, and then you've got the kids coming through, which is a bonus. So that, it's that old adage that you, you need to be influencing results, and they both are at the moment. Very much so. In a positive manner. Uh, and instead of the power rankings this week, we're going to have the Penrith Solar Center powerful moment of the week. And I think there was no moment probably more powerful than Parramatta knocking off Penrith. And for anyone out, and this is going to be one of the points in the set of six, so we might as well get it out of the way right now. If you can beat Melbourne in Melbourne, and if you can beat Penrith at Penrith, you are a genuine contender. The difference for Parramatta is those games like the one against the Tigers, which is the difference between being in the top four and getting two bites of the cherry or not. And that is the big thing that they need to fix. Yeah. Because it's games like the other week, when we get to the back end of the season, that you'll sit back and you'll go, that's why we're not playing at home week one, or that's why we've only got one chance and we have to win our way through. So... If they needed any more belief, I know the fans were a bit disillusioned by happened against last week against the Cowboys. That's the point. The difference between their best and their worst is still too far apart. Their best is obviously good enough to win the competition. Completely agree. But yeah. it's consistency. It's yeah. It's, I mean, the West Tigers one, they got rolled by a field goal. They got beat by the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going. And yeah, they're going. Like, good. We might look at that in 
you know, three months' time and go, well, that was actually a good loss, really. Well, not, not that it's ever going to be a good loss. No, the scoreline wasn't good, but it was actually a fair loss. I mean, at the start of the year, you would have circled that one and thought that it was a game that you would win. Yeah. But, again, this is what I keep harping on about. It, it Like, draws mean nothing. Last year's form means nothing. What matters is what's happening week to week. And Yeah, Parramatta... And they, but they did this last year. This time last year, they beat Melbourne in a rainfest at Bankwest. Yeah. And they beat Penrith... Um, early doors at Parramatta Stadium. This was both pre-lockdown. So they, they'd beaten Penrith and beaten Melbourne at this stage of the year as well. I'm oh, sure there's plenty year. to play out. Origin so, injuries, etc. You know, and, and look at what happened to them at the end of the year. They were, you know, a feather away from realistically knocking Penrith out. Yeah. So they're, they're, there's no... And I said this last year. There's no question that they're going to get to finals. Like you said, top four is going to be vitally important Have for to be them. top four. But it's going to... That four weeks is going to determine how we look at Parramatta and how we judge their season. Yeah. But, but like you're saying, they need to position themselves in the best possible manner. Exactly. And for this week, they are the Penrith solo powerful moment of the round. They ended Penrith's home winning streak. They got back Laota. They got back Huge. To'o. They were full strength. We were there. It was absolute madness. And that's just another one of those moments where if you're Brad Arthur, you go, look at this. <clears throat> we can do it. We need to win those other games that we should win. We need to get into the top four. And this year is it. Because, as we know, there's still more talk around contracts and players. We know guys are moving on. We know they've locked up a couple of key guys, but there's still more to play out for them, and their squad's going to look very, very different next year. So 2022 is a huge season for the Parramatta Eels. But don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. The team at Penrose Solar are dedicated to providing Western Sydney with the highest quality energy experience. Get them today. Get on the phone, 1800 2029. 30 au. Tackle those bills head on with the help with Penrith Solar. First game to have a look at South Broncos 32 12 to the Broncos. And I guess the South frustration sort of just continues, in all honesty. I think they generate enough opportunity, they get enough tackles inside 20. Um, and I know a lot of people are talking about Cody Walker. I think enough is being done to get him opportunities. Probably the big thing that summed it up for me is just. When you're in one of those purple patches or in a really good form and you're seeing everything, it just feels like everything's easy as a player. And at the moment, it seems like he's easily frustrated, he's angry, and things aren't easy. There was a three-on-one that last year he would have just absolutely brained on the weekend that he just mucked up. And it's little things like that that you're sitting there going, he just, I think he just needs to clear his head, get back to neutral, and ease up a little bit because it only took... Five, ten minutes in that game to have Billy Walters and him niggling and he was off his game and very angry. Um, and they obviously didn't help themselves again. Too many errors, too many wasted plays, pushing passes. But in particular, Cody Walker, I thought, was going to be a real barometer from this season. Um, and the other night, I think he bought a labour a little bit. Yeah, but you miss your steering wheel. <clears throat> the difference is you can compare that game. It's the perfect um, comparison that South is sporadic. They don't have direction. And Brisbane have a steering wheel like some of the some of the things that Brisbane are doing is horrible during like during the middle of their sets they at times lose direction they play very one out there's there's not a lot of polish to what they're doing in the in the meat of their sets but Reynolds just puts them in a good position at the end of their set every time and some of the stuff that he did in that last sort of 30 minutes was unreal to get the result and it it looked to me like he was really keen to make a point about you know what they lost and I've been pretty strong on it and I just think South are missing that that player that 
moves them around the park, that allows Cody Walker to be what Cody Walker is. Uh, and now you're in a position where you either need to live with Walker, because that, that's what Walker's been. That's that's the way that Walker's played. He's continued to play that way without the steering wheel. So now you either need to ask him to rein his game in and, and get a little bit of that direction into his game, which probably should have been something that was done over the off-season because it you know, it would have been glaringly obvious during trials and you know any opposed stuff that they did that that was going to be an issue, not having that kicking game, not having that general in the middle of the field. And it's I don't think it's fair on Ilias. I don't think the commentary around Ilias has been fair in that you know they expect him to be like Reynolds because he's not and he's never going to be at this point in his career. But they need to provide the framework to allow him to become that player. And at the moment, I don't think they're doing that. They're, I they're think... putting a lot of pressure on him because their experienced players are either A, not playing with enough discipline, or B, they're not providing the team with enough direction, particularly at the end of their sets. Or they're not on the field. I well, think yeah. that's the other thing that sort of compiled on them fairly quickly. At the start of the year, there was no Latrell, and then he only plays a couple of games and he's missing. You've got Cam Murray now injured. But I'm You've not sure got... Latrell helps him on Thursday night. Oh, I think, that, that, they I think that really makes a difference in terms of your edge attacks and shifts and shapes. I think at the moment, everything you can basically yeah, but look where got, Cody Walker is. field position. To, to move, oh, use I, the ball. I thought they had enough field position. They just bombed an opportunity. Brisbane had 14 errors, and half of those weren't actually errors. They were knockdowns inside 20, stopping passes or getting things wrong. That's more what I mean from Walker. I thought they had more than enough opportunity inside 20, but he's just not as clear in his vision or his execution as he was in previous years. He looks frustrated. Well, no, he's just he, he's the same player. Um, he's frustrated because he's not getting that really good, smooth play inside him. I think it's having a huge impact. I think Ilias has done a pretty good job. The other, the other thing is, they're not winning the middle of the field at all. And that's the point the I was going to make. If, if there's a real thing that's glaring right now, it's two things for me. Yardage game's not great, and they're not winning the middle. Mm. And I think the two guys, like I said, most weeks, had absolutely bust themselves. But this time last year, they got popped by 50 twice. Yeah. And they weren't winning the middle of the field. They got better as the year went on. 100%. So. But I, I have more concern mm. now, knowing that obviously Reynolds isn't there. Luttrell, they've, like they're sending him to US for rehab. That's not good. Um, you know, that's well, no. two guys that are missing. Murray this week, they're now saying he's potentially going to have minor shoulder surgery. Yep. So that's another player out. You Gagai, obviously, all these guys we mentioned before. So things have sort of added on. They're sort of at that 50-50 mark. The draw, like we talked about, you can't rely on it. But realistically, after the form line we've had to start the year, the draw for them right now is looking pretty friendly. Yeah, but, but they're going just with, as bad as Exactly, and that's the point. With bodies missing, with the origin period coming up, and you haven't won as many games... This is a real critical part of the season for them because if they go the next four or five weeks and only win, say, one or two of these games with those players missing and those guys come back and go into origin or get to the back end, they're going to have to chase wins at the back end of the year. You sort of need to have yourself in a good position pre-origin. So for Souths, frustrating night. And again, summed up by moments like that or Totola, like they score points, you're dropping off the kickoff. Next one, there's a sweet play for an outside back. He jumps in the way. Knocks it on. Those two errors both led to points. He ended up getting the old hook. Um, Reynolds, outstanding, really made it a point of picking on short outside backs, which is another issue <clears> in terms of them with their kicking game. They are a team you can pick on. Yeah, They've got shorter guys playing the outside backs. Tough, wholehearted, big fan. Generally, like I said, he can play halves, play fullback. Halves probably his better position, but they really made it a meet... Uh, a task of picking on him as well with guys like Cobo and all their bigger outside backs running through, Corey Oates, etc. And like you said, that was the difference. And I thought 
Pat Carrigan and Tom Flegler were outstanding. Mm. No Catewell, no Haas. Those guys really stood up. I thought Carrigan a couple of years ago was a guy that would definitely get into origin talks or push himself into that sort of arena. Uh, but it's games like the other night off the back of an injury, your first game back to put that sort of effort in that put your name up in that sort of arena. So, um, yeah, good signs for them. And like you said, probably the big difference, it's still ugly at times, but Reynolds just can reel things back in on play five. Uh, so, yeah, interesting to see how uh, things play out for them in the next few weeks. It's been a, a bit of a mixed form line, couple of wins, couple of losses, now a couple of wins again for Brisbane, and they've got Manly this week. And for Souths, this week they play the Warriors, who same deal. Beat by 70, get a win, can't beat 12 players. It's a real mixed bag. But, um, yeah, no Murray, no Luttrell, no more troops to really reach for. It'll be interesting to see how Souths play the next few weeks and if they can spark something yeah. this weekend. Raiders, Dogs, 14-4. to um, This wasn't really the prettiest game on the eye, to watch in all honesty. And probably, if I was disappointed more than anything, this one it was with the Bulldogs. Because the week before, I thought the effort, which has been there all year for the most part, against the Roosters in particular, they just found more and more energy. They kept digging, they kept digging, they held on, and early early doors, and from a few players, I saw some signs of that energy, but against Canberra, I thought they kind of dropped down a few pegs. Um, they had opportunities. They had a few no-tries early on. Matt Burton, wholehearted, ran the ball plenty, tried. Addo Carr tried really hard as well. Um, Pungai Jr. I thought was really lucky not to be in trouble early on for that strike on the ground. We were watching that before we went over the Panthers game. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I thought it was at least a sin bin. Uh, <laughs> Trent Barrett concurred because if you read his yeah, lips... Well, if, you should... if you read his lips, and I'll just tell you, because I put these up as, as explicit on you're iTunes, very, so I don't swear, but he said he's very fucking lucky on the yeah, TV. So he was right. Don't think he was wrong about that, but I, I didn't think It's Canberra. just an ugly game. It was ugly. Canberra went a whole lot better, but they needed a win. Mm. They got one. Um, I thought the, probably the best thing for them when we said it the other day, the pack's going to need to do a job, and Tapine, Papali, Elliot, etc. These guys, almost all up close near 200 meters, did a job uh, much better in terms of errors and discipline. And you know, I think Matt Frawley. If there's one thing you know about Matt Frawley, you're going to get a steady hand and a good kicking game. And he was very, very good, particularly short kicking game. Built yeah. pressure, got some repeats, turned the screws, and, and for the Bulldogs, yeah, wasn't a happy night in the end. So Canberra get themselves out of that bottom group. Dogs take a step backwards. Um, but yeah, I didn't really know what to make of that game, to be honest. It was just it was pretty average, you know, honesty. So Canberra this week back up against the Sharks, who they defeated in round one. Interested to see how they go. Um, and it was the return of Jared Croker as well, which a lot of people called for. Then the poor buggers busted his shoulder. So potentially hmm. could be a couple of weeks, but they're saying it may be the worst outcome, which could be a reconstruction. That would be season over before it even got going. Um, so, if you're a Canberra fan, that's disheartening, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Eels-Panthers. What a game that was. We attended that one. Yep. What are your thoughts? 22-20. <clears throat> I thought Penrith were clunky. <clears throat> really, really clunky with their execution. And I thought Parramatta caused the majority of that. They they rattled them. They, I just thought they won the middle of the field. They... You know they didn't out Penrith, Penrith, but they certainly made a point of you know putting the ball in the corner, you know smacking up on Penrith a little bit, which I thought was a good tactic. And 
you know, they, they weren't real fluent in good ball. They they sort of got that try, the opening try through, um, I think it was Penasini spun out and threw it to Gutherson. The other one, the penalty try where they, um, you sort of was a little a little bit messy and a loose ball was picked up and it was, what was what's the hooker's name? It was, was it Marnie that scored Marnie. that try? Yeah, Marnie no, scored that, that was try. So it well, wasn't, wasn't it? Salmon? Yeah, it's like the construction of them wasn't pretty, but the good thing for Parramatta is they put themselves in good field position, and that's always a key against Penrith. And the only time that Penrith looked like they were going to come into the matches when that field position changed, I, I just felt like Penrith were on the wrong foot all night. Something was a little bit off, and I, like I've watched a lot of the Panthers live... That was as unconvincing as they've looked for quite a while, but you know I think you've got to give some credit to Parramatta. Yeah, the other thing, one thing that Penrith generally don't do, penalties out of yardage. It seemed mm-hmm. a couple of times there they were turning the screws on power. They gave a penalty away. Yeah, I thought the game was over refereed. Sutton just got too involved for me. I think particularly with two sides like that who are, you know, it's going to get ugly at times. They're going to be, you know, in each other's faces. It's it's just important to keep them apart and let it flow. Uh, and I, yeah, I thought he added, you know, a lot of stoppages himself. So mm. um, I don't think that I don't think that, that benefited either side. I just think it dowed the spectacle. Yep. Well, it was a hell of a contest. I thought. Look forward to seeing. Yeah, it. I loved every minute. I, I was yeah. obviously I was a neutral. I didn't really. I didn't care. No, I just wanted deal. to see a great great game of footy. Both neutrals, but uh, like we said again. Great game to be out live after the couple of years we haven't been able to go to games. That yeah. was absolutely outstanding and. I think for Ivan, this is one of those moments where it obviously does hurt and it hurt the group and that showed afterwards with the way they reacted some yeah. of the footage from in yeah. there. But it's a real good opportunity, especially when you've got a younger group and you've got some newer guys in that have been enjoying the fruits of nothing but wins to sort of reload here and put it back on them. But, you know, you still have to do the little things. You still have to be disciplined. Yeah, We're but not to be perfect. fair, that, that home streak, they should have... That home streak should have ended last year when Moses missed that penalty conversion, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. So you, you take a few had the things. Chance to twice at home. Mm. You take a few bullets out of this. You can sort of put back on the group and you know reinforce that there's still yeah. stuff to work on. We're not perfect. We can't roll through anyone when we feel like it. We can't turn up. Um, you know, give away shit penalties and some bits and pieces. We we need to be on all the time. So I'm sure they'll want to get back to neutral, build up that home record again. Well, I have no doubt the next team that rolls into Penrith Stadium is going to be up for a hell of a fight. Yeah. Um, but for Parramatta, huge and. Dylan Brown made a real big difference, obviously, sending back in the halves. That that extra body available in Opacek, which allowed him to do that last week, like we spoke about. Um, he just keeps, I think, adding dollars onto his contract the way he's playing. Yeah. He started the year great. They got him back on his left-hand side. He's been real influential. He had some real critical moments, like I said, in a big game the other night. Um, he's obviously taken up his option for next year, and Parramatta would be happy about that. But like I said before, there's, there's a lot of things to pan out for them, but 2022, I think, really is important for Parramatta mm. because with Moses with an option, Brown with an option, the guys they've got leaving and who you're going to roll in, um, but that window, I think, certainly right now is, is open and it's going to close after 2022. Yeah. Uh, for Penrith, I guess, like you said, take all those things, get back to neutral as well and start again. You're, not, you're no longer undefeated. The home streak's broken. Yeah. Um, rolling into origin, like I said, if they only lose... One or two games, they'll be very, very happy. They'll be in a position again to rest some of their players, come into the back end of the season and try and charge home. But there's some really good performances in this. That The Layota shot on Paulo was one of the biggest hits I've ever seen. Yeah, it was big. Paulo was... I was wrong earlier as well. Parramatta got beat by Penrith twice last year. So well, there you go. They didn't beat Penrith in Melbourne to start last year. They beat Melbourne. 
Gutherson energy was huge. Thought Paulo was absolutely outstanding. Brown, um, Madison's form. I know we say it a lot of times people come into a contract year, but he had a real bad run of head knocks last year. Yeah, and it's I was, also I was a worried. different role. Like, yeah. He's not just pinned. But it suits him for the fact that like we said at the start, the way the game's going, he used to play six. He was a junior kangaroo six. He can ball play. He's got footwork. He's big. He's mobile. Him playing out of the middle for them is perfect. And it's yeah. just add another dimension. But they're talking there's five or six clubs right now that are after him. And pending, uh, you know, he hasn't had any issues with the head knocks lately, which is a good thing. Um, if he has a clean run of health, which is what you want to see for players, you never wish that upon anybody. Yeah, He's in a really good position right now, and I think with what they've lost, they're going to have to sit down and try and make sure that they keep him on board. I know he's not playing that edge role anymore, but certainly wouldn't want to be losing him um, the way things are going right now. But, yeah, moving on from that one. Manly Tigers, 36-22. Um, I think I was more impressed with this one by Manly, and I know, you know the Tigers are still down the bottom end, and they're not the strongest of teams in the competition. But to get into a game, Tom's first game back, you've had late reshuffles. They lost both their back rows on game day. Schuster, Ola Kawatu, they're still missing Paseko. They've had people in and out every single week. Um, I just thought, considering the reshuffle, they were very, very good and adjusted on the fly very, very well. Ben moving into the back row. You know, the young guys, Kula, Tuipolotu, but the biggest one was Cherry Evans. It was all him. He dominated. He had his hands in everything. Down that right-hand side in particular, they really picked on that edge and tried to pull things apart. There was a lot of times where he'd play down that short side, they'd get a quick play of the ball, he'd look like he's going to play back to the open and then he'd just bounce straight back down that short side. He picked him apart a few times out of position or disconnected in that line. Yeah. Um, I, I thought him in particular. The Tigers, I, I wouldn't say I had a few people at work, the Tigers fans, go, oh, we're back to being how we were before. I'm like, I disagree. Because the Tigers a few weeks ago wouldn't have pegged back those tries or got themselves back in the contest. They just would have got lit up by 50 or 60 points. Yeah, that's fair. But the start was too much to overcome. They gave up 20 points. They had that sin bin, which ended up being pretty critical and hurting. Um, but yeah, they showed spirit to get themselves back in the game. But in the end, it was too, too little, too late. Um, once Manly grabbed those couple of tries at the back end to get it out to 24 to 12, which was, I think it was LIA crashed in, which was pretty disappointing. There was four guys there. Yeah. And he dragged him over the line. That, that sort of broke the back um, of the Tigers. But, yeah, I thought, like I said, DCE was very impressive. If you're part of the Trebojevic clan or the, his parents, it would have been a super happy day to see all three of your sons playing in a game. Mm. If you've got kids, that was uh, yeah, it would have been yeah, it's really, really good day for Ben. Um, a huge, just have one trial play in our real play. Yeah, let three. Two it's, that are rep yeah. players and then have a third coming and play first grade. Mm. Was, um, yeah, it's... Still not sold, though. I've had a lot of people message after this week, especially Manly fans, but people said, what does he play? Well, in the juniors, he played centre, mostly. Mm, but he sort of does. I don't know if he's quick enough, but big back row, is he big enough? I don't know. He's definitely like he's grown over the last two years. He hasn't been much junior football. Yeah. But he'd probably be one of those two positions, centre or back row. Where he ends up landing, I don't know. With the way their team's constructed right now, if Foreign's leaving to let Schuster go into the back row, but Tuolungi's coming over and you've got Olakuatu, I don't think back row's going to be where he's playing. So he's probably in the mix there with guys like Harper and Parker, whose form hasn't been the greatest. If he can take advantage, he might be able to hold that jersey along with Cooler. So it yeah. could be a, a bit of a new generation coming through there at Manly in the back line. Yep. But um, yeah, overall, good day for them. I thought the spine as well was very helpful. Croker had one of his better games. It was a real team win led by DC. But for the Tigers, um, Stafford Toa had some good moments, but also had some bad moments. He come through the grades playing that. Fullback role, so he's got an opportunity there, obviously, with Laurie out at the moment. Um, off of Hengiawi, 
I thought last year he was absolutely horrendous. His form, in particular, last month has been really good. Yeah, it has been good. But yeah, they're they're their start the Sinbin and just defensively they'll pour again. Like James Tarmo missed seven tackles. Luke Brooks got picked apart eight well, or nine times. Leaking thirty, you can't stuff do it. like that. Uh, just adds up at the end of the day. Speaking of leaking thirty, Ugh. Titans forty-four <laughs> to sixteen uh, against the Roosters. And before we get into the game, this is one of the sort of points I was talking about. Things that we were talking about. Link in. Kieran Foran, because of that financial situation, um, is basically on his way out for that reason, is signing with the Gold Coast Titans for two years. Do you think, and without trying to be, you know, pu- pushing it that way, but do you think this is almost a bit of an admittance that letting Fogarty go was a mistake or yeah, keeping definitely. a key half there or definitely. someone to steer, you know? Definitely, yeah. Uh, look, I think it's different from Fogarty because he's so experienced. Yeah. And... But just a steady, I guess, like yeah, but I, steering wheel. I, I said it in the preview. Like, I wasn't confident on the Gold Coast this year. I left them out of my eight. Yeah. Just through the lack of experience in the spine. And, you know, again, I, I highlighted just that they've got no appetite to defend. They're, we're not a defensively resilient club. Uh, that You just you look at the way that they defended, particularly some of those trials on no, our left edge. Your left edge it was diabolical. It was, yeah, it was schoolboy level stuff. And it, I don't want to bash, bash them up. No. But it's, it was just... It was difficult to watch. I turned it off after 29 minutes. I just really struggle to what watch them at the moment. They don't look they don't look enthusiastic. They don't look like they've got any passion for the jersey. I think that's an issue as well. There's not... You can talk about culture. You can have Mel Meninga there all you want. You can bring those people in, in and around the team. But in the end, you need to recruit players that want to be there for the right reasons and that, you know, want to, you know, bleed for that jersey. You go back and you talk about that 2010 team. You know, you yeah, had Rogers Frankie, and Prince and Rogers, Frankie, and like they're guys Bailey, that love the club. Even Fred, to, Preston, yeah, they all wanted to love the club and wanted to see the team do well, uh, irrespective of, of their own personal agenda or their own personal gain. I, yeah, I, I don't envy the position that Justin Holbrook's in. Some of it, I think, he's created himself. Yeah, but a lot of it, I think, has to do with that external stuff that I spoke about right? I really do think it's an issue and I think it's a generational issue I don't think it's been it's not the fault of any coach uh, I, I think it's just the club just reaches far too often to try and look for a quick fix when really we just we're not really bringing through many juniors that's that's a concern because that that's where you build your passion you, you have guys come through your system that actually want to wear that jersey um, and the other one is you're paying you're having to go and pay overs for players, which yeah, just gets your cap out of whack. I, yeah, I like the foreign signing. I think from the reports, I think we've got him for the right price, which is good, and hopefully he can stay fit. That's the main thing, and, and stay on the field because he's. There's no argument that if he's on the field, he's gonna he's gonna help us because he's he's a hard head. He's you know he's he's a very good defender. Yeah. He plays he direct. Kicks well, he's he tough. runs well. He's got all those attributes that I think certainly straight are good for the up. team. Yeah. So there's a, there's another couple of areas that we need to address, but and it probably I think you can just flush this season now. And again, like learning in first grade, I, I keep talking about learning in first grade, and you got some guys there that just you know they're, they're first graders, but they're not quite consistent first graders. There's a big difference, and you just get found out. Yeah, like I said the other weekend, I, I rewatched the game and 
I looked at someone like Sexton in a, in a team that didn't look that great or re-watching it. a Ford pack that, you know, I think is going backwards and even guys like Tano and Moa starting to slow down a little bit when you carry that burden for the first sort of four to six weeks. They're even looking a bit defeated as well, but he forced a couple of dropouts. He had his hand in some good moments. Defensively, is probably the biggest thing when you're a kid coming in, but if you're going to have him and you're going to have young Tommy Weaver as an Australian schoolboy who you've got in your top squad coming through, you need somebody like a four and over the top of that. And that's why I was surprised that they extend Fogarty last year for three seasons at the back end of the year. And before too long, it's only a couple of months, and all of a sudden they're pushing him out the door. Well, pushing him out the door, he wanted to go. Wanted yeah, to go. but they they announced before, straight after that, basically, in the off-season that he wasn't going to be the halfback. So he went to them and was like, okay, what's going on? They just signed a three-year extension. Yeah. So it was a bit strange. Probably dodge a bullet, really. Look at the injury. So, yeah, you know, he's ended up injured. Anyway, he's so. not played any football. But, yeah, I think for this sort of situation, like you said, with what they're trying to bring through, he'd be somebody very, very good for Sexton and Tommy Weaver to learn off. That's for sure. Definitely. And it takes pressure off Brimson... All guys around, nine is still the area that needs to be addressed, though. Still definitely needs to be addressed. But, um, yeah, left edge was the biggest thing out of this game. I didn't know whether to whether to sit here again and take much away from this. I kind of felt about this game similar to what I said here when the Roosters played the Cowboys. There was three sin bins in that game. Mm. So I didn't find it a true reflection of the game and the scoreline. If you play 30 minutes short, you should lose. And I know there's a game coming up later on where we're going to talk about that, but... I didn't really buy into that form. And the Roosters, I haven't really been able to buy into it. They haven't really had a performance. In particular. The week before, they were dreadful. Mm. But the other night, um, I more looked like you said at the Titans, in particular left edge, how many times they were man on. I had numbers. I had inside cover and just couldn't make simple tackles, couldn't get off the line, wouldn't play go forward. They don't even move together. They, they, but they were got no constantly turned out. They don't hit with any vigour. It's, it's abhorrent. Their defence is All the fundamentals of edge defence. And there's no doubt that it's getting coached. I've got no doubt that they've got good coaches. Yeah. They've got people that are competent. The players just aren't doing it. No. And that's and the real worry. you need to work out, yeah, you need to work out either are they not conditioned enough, are they too fatigued, which is, a, which is an issue, or are they just not up to it? And the scary part, again, after a really poor start where literally just child's play down that left edge with some real simple one-on-one misses and even though they were man on, like the first Teddy try, they were just all backpedal and turned sideways. He's just pushed his way through, giving it to Manu and got the ball back. And they've defended like that, again, like I said, for years, generations, through generations of coaches. But they found a way back in this game somehow. And they well, built they pressure did. That's what they through did. Sexton for 15, 20 minutes and got back to 24-16. But after that, as soon as... Uh, but imagine if they could just keep a team to 18 points. Oh. That, that, that's where they've well, got to get to as an organisation. It's the game man you went to. Yeah, we well, Scored yeah. a squealing points, but the game was exactly that. No defence. <clears throat> all attack, which suited them fine. But Melbourne's Penrith, these sort of teams, they're not going to do that to you. Yeah. You're going to have to be able to defend. But, yeah, there was a try off the top, mate. I can't remember which one it was now. I think it was the Tupo try. Walker took an intercept after they built all that pressure... They've basically got 50 metres for free, gone down the other end of the field, cross-field kick, and that was the one that broke the back after the little fight back. And then the back end of the game was just child's play. Tedesco, short side, disconnected line again, runs straight to that left edge, which has turned out 20 metres from their line, not coming up and not defending their inside shoulder. Um, you know, it just, it was really ugly. So for the Roosters, I guess, I don't really know what to take other than good confidence builder for t- Teddy. That's the straightest I've seen Kiri play, but again, he wasn't really being pressured or attacked. So hopefully, still, it's a bit of a free run for him. One of Jared's better games. I think their forwards, like we said all year, haven't really been the greatest. And 
really like what I'm seeing between that edge of Manu and Suwali. They've got some X Factor out there right now, and that's only going to get better. So, moving on from that one. Um, some interesting talk the last few days around the Roosters. How much of it's true or not is a different story. Mm. Um, and players linked to the club, but they always are. It's but... also very interesting where it all comes from. Exactly. <clears throat> I couldn't believe some of the names. We're not going to go into that, but moving on. Cowboys, Newcastle, 36-16. Um, Newcastle, lots of changes, lots of injuries, new halves pairing. Put up a good fight in the first half in particular. Kept themselves in the game, but you sort of thought uh, that if the Cowboys just held the ball uncharacteristic errors of them in the first half compared to what we've seen this year, they'd find a way to win. And they certainly did that in the second half. They found points very early. They kicked, they controlled. Chad Townsend, me and you spoke about it, just keeping the ball in play. Good attacking kicks. And I explained this to someone the other week, I think, that messaged us. They're like, why are they kicking sort of to that spot, you know, midfield on the edge there? Well, if if you put those kicks in on the, uh, the half or the back row, you can get a mismatch. Yeah, a lot of these wingers now, with the way they're all trained to, you know, block and shield, it's always centre wingers, and you've generally got pretty even matchups. Or it also might... means that they can't block really exactly because yeah. those guys in field generally don't do it, and they seem to all turn around and ball watch or look at bodies, and they don't really know what to do. But if you've got the two back rows that they've got, in particular, like Lukey and Nenai, Nenai's just got a nose for scoring tries. Yeah, um, those guys attack the football, and even the one for Murray Tuolagi. They've clearly there's something they're working on in their training, but they're really picking on that half-back roll spot and just dropping kicks in field there and putting the ball in play. They got love out of it three times. It's not a coincidence that it's happening week after week after week. Um, but Chad was really good again. Controlled things. Uh, like you said, Tamalolo, those young forwards, uh, really impressive watching those guys week in, week out, and how they're building. It's really, really nice to see. They're back five. Really, really good. And... I've said it the last few weeks, like we talked about at the start, they didn't quite know how this is going to work out, but realistically, they're in a really good spot. They can't fit Hamiso in at the moment. They've got two or three fullback options if you throw Holmes in the mix. They've got three guys they could play at one. They've got two really good centres at the moment. You've got outside back options. Felt's in his career best form. Tulungi's playing great. You've got three halves, essentially, because if you didn't have Dearden and Chad, you'd play, you can play Drinkwater there. Your hooking option and Robson's doing a really good job. You've got Cotter who can cover there, and you've got plenty of good middles, and you've got dynamic players on your edges. Yeah. It's lots of positive for the Cowboys. Um, Newcastle, it, it's probably more the guys that you'd expect. I know there was a few injured and a couple of late changes again. If there's someone I want to give her up to, it's David Clemmer. I think his form's actually been really, really good considering the circumstances, and he's found an offload or something different to his game that we hadn't really seen. But um, I thought him and Tex Hoy under in a tough situation. Caught up very, very late. Playing in the halves, I thought he had a few nice touches. He laid on a couple of those tries. But, yeah, things are just getting more and more difficult, it seems, for Newcastle. I think, if I remember correctly, today I read in the paper um, that they had some guys come out this week, some troops, which is very well needed. I know that uh, Mitch Barnett's back this week after his long layoff, which, again, they need as many bodies as they can right now. Good, tough, experienced bodies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. All good. We move on from that one. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Storm Dragons, 42-6. to six. Uh, I don't even know really what to say. They've just been chalking up scores week in, week out. It's been incredible. Um, what do we have? 70 50 44 against the Bulldogs. Like, it's the amount of points they're scoring and the change of direction for this team the last few years is incredible. Mm. They've gone from being, as most people would say, this boring, grinding, robotic football team to being able to play from anywhere on the field. They can play short sides, they can play direct, they can shift the football, they can offload. There's nothing that the Storm cannot do right now. They're a Swiss army knife in attack. Their halves can both run, they've got two different styles of hookers, and even. Harry himself, who was absolutely dynamite on the weekend, he can play different ways as well. He can manipulate, he can dish long, he can run. Um, it's just, it's very, very, very good to watch if you're a fan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just potent, aren't they? That, that's probably the word that From anywhere. I like to use. Yeah, yeah, they're potent. They win tackles, they win the middle, they, they'll beat you down an edge, they'll beat you at nine, they'll beat you from fullback. They're just, yeah, a very, very difficult team to handle. But I, I just don't see a lot of teams that are able to go set for set with them. And, you know, Parramatta's probably one of only very few that have tested them for any sort of period of time and they managed to come out over the top. And, yeah, South did it for a 20 minute period there and forced them a golden point. I don't think that was Melbourne's best night. I don't think the night against Parramatta was their best night either. But yeah, it's it's tough because you you just watch Penrith and Parramatta, uh, Penrith and Melbourne, and you just think, well, yeah, geez, they're just, it's not that they cruise, but they're, they're just, they're just at that high level for very, very long periods of time. You know, they're there for at least. 60 to 70 minutes of most games and so I just can't compete with that so yeah. the challenge for everyone else is to be able to do that by the end of the year that's going to be the key and Penrith and Melbourne look like pure standouts at the moment because they're they've been so dominant early in the year but people need to understand that you know that probably four to six teams below them they're not thinking about beating them now they're, they're thinking about beating them when it's a one-off game you know in a prelim or in a grand final so that that's going to be the challenge. I I don't know how many teams are going to be able to get up to that level, mm. and well, you know you're probably part. going to have to beat you're probably going to have to beat them both in two consecutive weeks. You're probably going to have to beat Melbourne in a prelim, and you know Melbourne or Penrith in a prelim, and then Melbourne or Penrith in the grand final. You would think. Well, the other parts that we spoke about the other week, though, I think there's improvement there, and they've only sort of had their best team on the park for the last four or five weeks. The mm. first four rounds or so, there was players missing. There's guys that have played their way back in. There's guys that have got invaluable minutes, and it's going to happen again this week. Like Nick Meany. Well, Penrith's also been the same. They've exactly. Had missing as They've well. had guys out with Laota and Toto and got Tago and May, and that's what I mean. Well, Those Cleary's guys back for a month. Exactly. That's what I mean. They're going to get better. Mm. Origin's going to hurt, and that's only going to bring more people in and more minutes. Melbourne's been able to do the same thing. King, King's contribution is not unnoticed, I'm sure, by many. Uh, but you know stuff that you really would say wouldn't what look for wouldn't watch on the TV. But I think his spot has developed and accelerated with the injuries we had the first few weeks, and then he sort of stayed in that role, which has kept Cheese off the bench, which has allowed us to keep that impact. Why they've been missing Tui, 
So that even again, Tui's going to be back in a few weeks. Yeah, They're able to play Maroa. Liero's playing an unfamiliar role when he'll probably move into the back row like next year. They've had a couple of different guys playing the back line while they had some injuries in the first few rounds. Meany's now going to get invaluable time playing at one, a bit like Nico did last year, which gives you another option there with the Pappenhausen situation, which is awful to see that he had an injury in two different legs, the poor bugger. Um, just, just as it seemed that he was getting his confidence back and playing to that level, which seen him be the man of the match in a grand final, he pops his PCL in one leg and then tears his hammy in the other. Yeah. So they're saying it could be four to six weeks. It rules him out of a second sort of opportunity to be in that origin circle. They were talking about him as a possible 14 or someone they were considering. That, so that'll well and truly pull him out of that situation for now. But I guess, again, the one thing you know about Melbourne is they'll see this as an opportunity. Nick Meany will move into that role. Other guys will get time. Probably Aaron Meyer on one wing. Um, I don't know what he's going to do with the centres. I think I saw earlier in the week they're going to ask for an exemption to use Marion Seve. I, I get continuity. I was really hoping. I really want to see Will Warbrick, this all-back sevens player. Mm. He's apparently been carving up the last few weeks. I thought Coates, who's started as a centre, more a winger now in first grade, but he can play there. I thought maybe they would have pushed him into the centres, put Warbrick on that wing, and then brought Eremire in on the other side. Um, yeah, I don't think it really matters. It? it looks like they've gone for Seve. Uh, whether that lasts for the whole six weeks or month, I don't know. And the other one was the young kid, Jack Howarth. They've been playing in the lower grades as a centre or a back rower. He's the man they've signed for the next four or five years to play in the back row, probably replacing Kenny and Felice. So mm. I'm sure they'll figure it out over the next few weeks. I um, mean, all those guys are going to have to play some football because Origin's coming up anyway. Yeah, you just expose them to first grade and see how they go. And... But um, for the Dragons, I must give a rap. They were good for probably 50 minutes. They probably should have conceded an extra four or five tries. There mm. was some scramble efforts that they saved. There was a couple of no tries on Melbourne's part as well, but they certainly held on for dear life for as long as they could. That was also, I thought, the difference last week when they played the West Tigers. They, The West Tigers were there. Like, oh, they had plenty of opportunities. Heaps of opportunities. Their defense was stoic. Like you can, you can say what you want about the quality of the opposition, but... You know, it's it stood up. The, the scramble, the, the effort and the scramble stood up. But when you get real quality sides, yeah, and they just get consistent ball on your line, they're, they're going to get you eventually. Well, I had a friend ask me today. He's a Dragons fan at work, and he said, "Will we beat the Titans this week?" And I said, "Well, this one I just wouldn't put my money on." And yeah. he goes, "The bookies have it as a pick 'em." Just don't I said, "Well, it. for a good reason." I said, "You guys defend really well, but your attack's not great. They attack really well, but they can't defend. Mm. So it's a contrast of styles. It could go one way. It could be an absolute toilet bowl, mm. or it could be you know a point scoring fest one way. But you just don't know. Um, but yeah, for the Dragons, it was a hard day. But man, thought they absorbed and what they held on to for a long period Give of time. Benny Rapper Hunt, uh, Benny Hunt, a big rap. He's playing some really good footy." Mm. He has been playing some good footy. Um, yeah, they got a late consolation try through a couple of their kids making some contributions and getting to Bellin over, but overall... I heard some people bagging out um, Moses and Byers, right? Jeez, I thought he did a good job early, saving some tries and yeah, just filling in the defence. Like I, I, get, I know he's not he's, nah. he's not what everyone thinks he is. Like He's not going to be that flashy player. He he's does an the job. Player. He, he, yeah, that's right. He's going to go... He's going to go wherever you put him, and he's going to do his, his George best. But it's more the point, I think, for fans in particular, of what I said earlier in the year, like, what's your long-term goal here? Yeah, but also, like, what's, he's not going to what's play your expectations for you? of him? Yeah, I know, but he's not going to play one for you for the next three years. So, um, no, but he might fill a hole and be a competent first yeah, grader. Oh, he's certainly a competent first at a, grader. At a good contract price, you'd think. Yeah, but 11 line breaks conceded, 50 missed tackles, 19 offloads, they just got broken down mm. constantly, but they scrambled really hard. 
Um, and then they struggled in the go forward department. I don't think there was a forward over 100 metres. It was 2,000 metres to 1,100. It was a Melbourne massacre. But yeah, Harry Grant from the middle all started with him. Big Nelson, he's 150th. Kenny's 200th. And then Munster just had a field day with all the space they created off that broken second phase. Mm. Um, That's one thing you can't give Melbourne, second phase. No, nah, and I'm I'm not disappointed. I'm still psyched for this week, but I'm filthy because when I saw last week when we were at that game that Lauder and Toto were back and that we're basically full strength, I'm like, here we go. We're going to play magic round here. These two jacked, ready, locked and loaded. Um, and then Pappenhausen goes down. Arena Smith looks like he's going to be out for an extended period with that peck injury. So... You know, I, I really wanted those two to go head to head with all their players. Yeah, I still think it'll be a very close game. Many will do a job, but I don't expect the attack, in particular, with the way Pappenhausen links in, to be as smooth this week um, as it would be with Pappenhausen. Yeah. So I expect them to be a little bit more focused on playing through, you know, Harry and the and the nine position there and getting those halves more on the ball. Many will definitely do a job, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near as influential. Um, and maybe they'll be a bit more direct rather than sideways as compared to what they would be with Pappenhausen. But moving on from that one, last one here was the uh, Sharks-Warriors game. And as a lot of people would say, when you lose somebody for 60-plus minutes, you're basically writing off the result, but that wasn't the case. Um, the Sharks won that game. And even the Ramian shot, I mean, people were arguing about, you know, is Kennedy's a send-off or not a send-off? I, I thought if you, that one was a send-off, if we're being serious, Ramey and KO to bloke. Yeah. That one should have been a send-off. Um, so I thought the 10 minutes, he was pretty lucky after what they've been. Well, I know. thought they probably got him um, in the wrong order if I was going to give my opinion. I thought... Yeah, I thought the Kennedy one the Kennedy was one was ugly, probably but... a sin bin and I thought the Ramey one... Yeah, but again, it's like it's it's about in 10 as well. Yeah. You sort of go like... I'm not going off in 10. Well, I am. I, I, again, I firmly believe that it should just be like the deliberate intentional contact of the head should be a send-off. Well, the tack- tackle that Kennedy did was intentional. He's trying to stop him. He's got himself in a yeah, bad but position. Was it, was it, yeah, he's but not it's intending, not intentionally no, no, trying not to intending hit to hurt, but yeah. he's intended to do anything he can. So, you yeah, know. I just think... I, but Ramian's is a case of, like, you've gone in, it's shoulder just straight to the face, you've KO'd a bloke. Yeah. Like, I, you've got it wrong. Yeah. Like, you hit that that hit there, you can't you can't give that anything, like... I, I'm, I still want blokes to come but out. But do you think the intent is to hit him in the head? No. But I, yeah. When you get it wrong, you get it wrong. That's where I just think we're treading a really fine line at the moment. And he was too upright and it was just straight on the line. And I, I'm not arguing any of that. Yeah. I thought they were both clearly contacted the head. Uh, they were clearly dangerous. I, but I agree. I think the Ramian one was more dangerous than the Kennedy one. Well, look at the result. I know the result shouldn't mm. matter, but... It was plain as no, day. No, should, it shouldn't matter. But, I mean, it's not even so much the, the result is the result of the impact, isn't mm. it? And you know, he, you know he wasn't coming back and he didn't. Like, mm. he, he got flatlined. That was not, not pretty. It wasn't pretty, no. But I, full credit to them because they essentially played the way the Warriors should have played after that. They bunkered down. They completed really well. They forced three or four dropouts. They built pressure. They ended up making the Warriors make 100-plus tackles. You think the Warriors were short? Yeah. They were the team playing with them. And they, they did the complete opposite. They just folded. They looked tired the back end of the first half. Couldn't believe how. With a sin bin, then they had the 11 band period. Uh, like, there's been a lot of criticism of Johnson, and I think somewhat rightly so. You've brought him back. He sort of showed some change in his last few years at the Sharks that he was a bit more of a game manager and was starting to get more of those things in his game. Like, with the forward pack you've got, the roll forward you can get through those guys, in particular the front rowers and lodge, and for Noah Blake, if you're playing with 12 or 11, 
you just want to shorten the lineup by putting a dent in the front door, getting numbers in the ruck, then playing off the back of it. And then kick him to death, put him in a corner, and just smoke him for 60 minutes and bring him out of there. They yeah. did none of that. They built zero pressure. They, I just could not believe they lost that game. And then the way they lost at the back end, conceding those couple of tries and the Sharks just coming over the top of them, I was blown away. Completely blown away. Huge, huge credit to the resilience of the Sharks and what they're building there after, you know, I was disappointed with the Brisbane game the week before. That's a great bounce back. A hell of a bounce back if you're a Sharks fan. Yeah. Um, And I, again, I didn't say Nico wasn't a half, but I kind of questioned the amount of money they paid to get Nico there. Watching Nico at one again, he's, I still think he's a much better one than he is a seven. I like what they're doing with him and Moylan, and like, it works. But watching him at one again and the freedom he gets playing at the back, um, he was very, very good when he went back to fullback. Yeah, I agree. So I think naturally this week it's a pretty easy reshuffle, and they've got great. I think versus. they know that he's a one. Yeah, and they've got or great... a six. Like I don't think there's much between a six and a one. No, it was in, more in like modern footy. The game... fact, apart from the fact that you know the one obviously sweeps a lot more, and the six traditionally a lot of teams like to play. Um, obviously with the sort of from that 6-4 or, yeah. you know, whatever they call it, the tram or sort of from that, that far post, wherever you get a 6-4 and four split in the defensive line and yeah. you like to have both halves and the fullback linked together, like get your three key positions together. Yeah. The benefit that the Sharks have got at the moment is that they can flip Moylan and Hines and have one run as a sweep, one run as the front man, they can change the look of their shape, so I think that's a benefit. But when they get into those grinding games, well, that's where they have to the kick the corners game. and you know set ends and all that sort of stuff, yeah, they don't have that guy. They're going to have to learn that. And I think Fitzgibbons it seems like a really astute guy and a, and a good coach. I think behind the scenes he's going to be adding little bricks to that over the next sort of three months. So yeah. and with come finals there. time, they're going to be able to have that string to their bow because. To be quite honest, if they don't, they're going to be fodder for those better sides in the finals. Yeah, and I think with Kennedy there, you know he wasn't going to be playing one. I don't dispute that at all. It was just more the fact when he went there and they said he's going to be the halfback, I'm thinking, I looked at Trindle and I think if he's not injured round one, he plays there. And mm. obviously the Moylan thing's working out, but I think this is going to work itself out naturally because apparently Moylan right now and his management want two years and I don't know about the money side of things. So where would you play Moylan as your 14? They're not keen on that situation, so he may not be there at the end of this season anyway if they can't come to an agreement, which okay. to me brings Trindle straight back in the fold as the halfback. And that gives you someone naturally who not only, again, is a good ball runner and dangerous attacking player, but he's played seven. He can kick, he can control, and that puts Hines more back to where I want him to be, hmm. not having to control the game. I just like the fact games. that they're, they're playing a style oh, like the players the have play. got. I love the way they play. But yeah, I think a lot of people are sort of uncomfortable because, well, it's not the traditional... Oh, I don't block, care block and land on this tram and, you know, like, well, this is footy, mate. Like, you, they're the players you've got. Like, I love what Craig Fitzgibbon's doing with that team. Yeah, and I love great. what Todd Payton's doing with his team. I think they're both coaching yeah. to the players they've got. I think it's it's very astute uh, and and very, very good good coaching. But it's, sadly, it's outside the realms of what normally happens to coaches. They just, you know, they'll look at Melbourne and look at Penrith and go, well, we're just going to play that way because that's what is successful. Well, it's not. You can't even, that's look, not at, what you can't mean, even look at Melbourne anymore. That's not anymore, what though. success is. Because, well, Melbourne have flipped completely. Well, remember we said this, and that was the thing I was so happy about in 2020. As soon as that rule came in, six again, oh, Melbourne's screwed. Melbourne can't do that. That's yeah, well, like, I mean, they totally adapted. You're talking they? that, like, they can't play, you know, can't play any football. They don't have it in. They play to the rules or to the situation or the squad they've got always. There's subtleties every year that change. But the moment that rule changed... And that was supposed to be the death of them. 
Mm. They become the best attacking side in the competition. Yeah. And they're so, on par again to beat their record from last year, aren't they, in terms of points? Well, that, yeah. That, then 2021, they added to that. And then this year, they're looking even more potent. Yeah. So the rule okay. changes certainly didn't hinder them. They I just, keep, I just keep betting them to win by 30 or more every week. I know you laugh at me. And a lot of people laugh at me. Oh, that's ridiculous. Um, how many, go and have a look at how many games they've won by 30 or more this year. It's an absolute cash cow. I don't think it's five. Well, there you go. And they pay 3 to $4 every time 30, 30 plus. Right. In this situation, yeah, this was very impressive. Um, you know, and like I said, they've got natural cover here, the Sharks, and this is what we talked about in the preseason preview when I heard some people saying, particularly in the back line, they're short. I'm like, well, they're not. It's because Talakai was a centre, and I said it for six weeks when all the commentators, oh, my God, I can't believe what he's doing. It's like, he was a junior Kiwi centre. You got Lachlan Miller, who they haven't even used yet, who clubs, in particular Bulldogs, have been sniffing around the rugby sevens play they brought. He's apparently been murdering Cup as a fullback. Yeah. They've got guys like Muli Talo who can play centre wing. Sifa, like I said, Connor Tracy, who is a junior kangaroo number six, who can play wing, centre, fullback. They've got guys in cover multiple positions. Teague Wilton, who I think has been ultra impressive in that background, looks like he's going to be a long-term you know, replacement there sort of for Wade Graham. He can play in that position. He's been really good. So I, I think this weekend, Tracy will come back into the centres. Muli Talo will cover that wing spot with Ramian and Kennedy out. Fullback, you push Nico back and Trindle comes straight back into seven. So they've got that cover in their squad and I, I think, you know, they'll just keep playing and they'll do a good job. Yeah. Um, but they were really impressive on this day. Really impressive. Nico in particular. Um, McInnes keeps getting better with the more minutes he plays. Wilton, like I said, just an all-around great effort. But for the Warriors, it's been a real mixed bag. I thought at the start of the year, they were, in every single game, they were very, very close. Um, but from the 70-point lost to a win last weekend to then dishing this up this weekend at the moment that you just don't know what you're going to get. Mm. Um, I hope they keep things at least in check and keep sort of, you know, getting wins here and there around the losses and get back to New Zealand in a position where they're still in the hunt for the eight. I'd hate to think that their return home is all in vain and they go on a, a poor run here and sort of fall apart. I, I wouldn't want to see that. No. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot more talk after last week's around Brown and the club and what they're doing. But I just think, really, who who's done a good job over there? It's sort of been a death knell for any coach that's gone to the Warriors. Mm. I, you don't want my opinion. Well, how long did Kearney get? I don't know. And before that, it was old mate from England who used to coach over there. He was the Kiwi coach. I think he only lasted a year or two. McLennan, wasn't it? It's definitely volatile over there. Everyone that seems to have gone barely last two years. So I'm like, again, in this situation, you've got a coach here who's just coming to year two. So I think someone like Rowan Smith would have been good to go over there. Well, I think so. Because he's got roots at the club. Brian Smith was doing a little bit of work there. And he's he's a different coach. He's a more modern coach. He's an adaptable coach. I I think he would have really fit their style. Like, you look at the the style of play that he's embedded at the Devils. Like, they're... You know, I've had a little bit to do with him as well, and he's... Yeah, he's just different. Like well, he's got a different view on the point you're how bringing up. Will have to be considered because again, I I don't agree that they'll like make a change he's got the this Rhino's year. Job, but but yeah, if they come in next year and things are looking grim, they need to go left of center. They need to change their point of attack. Yeah, we talked before about guys like the Walker brothers and Warriors players and Kiwi players naturally having a bit more flair and playing that attacking football. Or a guy like Rowan Smith, like you said, is a bit more forward thinking with attack and the way he plays. If they get to a situation come next year, unless things drastically plummet this year, where they go, this isn't working, they they definitely need to go somewhere different. They can't keep rolling through the same old, same old. Yeah, they need to change a point of attack. But uh, great for the Sharks, bad for the Warriors. Let's see what happens this weekend. And as we wrap that up, 
Thanks to bluebet.com.au, we now jump into our previews and tips for Magic Round. And what a hell of a round it's going to be. And the way it's worked out has been absolutely outstanding. Dogs, Newcastle, both teams at the bottom. Two wins apiece go head-to-head. Me and then the Broncos, two teams that are in the bottom end of the eight going head-to-head. Um, you've got the Warriors and South, who have both been up and down playing each other. Titans, Dragons, two teams, uh, again, probably... Dragons ahead right now, but again, in a similar sort of tussle. Top of the table, Storm Panthers, Sharks, Raiders. It doesn't matter where those two are on the ladder. The last couple of years, they've had legitimate beef, and it always seems to be a good game of football. Roosters, Parramatta, fifth and sixth. You've got Parramatta, who's taken two huge scalps. You've got the Roosters, who were just waiting for them to jump out of the ground and show us what we want to see. And then you finish off with the Tigers versus the Cowboys. Hmm. So I think there's some really good games this week, and that's sort of worked out really, really well. That so many of them are, you know, lined up right next to each other on the ladder 100%. after ten rounds. So can't wait for that. Um, but let's get into it, shall we? The first game we've got: Dogs Newcastle. And for that one, in terms of changes for the Friday night of Magic Round kicking off at Suncorp Stadium. Trent Barrett has Chris Patolo coming to the bench for Arva Siamatafano, who switches to 18th man. And Fatala Marinot is included for the first time in a long time in the reserves as he looks to make a return from that very, very complicated foot injury that he had for the Knights. A double boost for them. Mitch Barnett comes back after a long suspension. Adam Clune is back in from his injury this week. And uh, it's good timing after Jack Johns busted his arm last week. Suaso Su has also been included in the reserves after missing last week to a head knock. Edric Lee needs to pass a HIA, and uh, there's no sign of Tyson Vrizzell and Dane Gagai, despite making a suggestion they could both return. So that hurts because Vrizzell pulled out with illness last week, but not as many troops back in as I would have thought. But how do you see this one, Boxhead? It's a, it's a tough one to pick. I thought with oh, I got no idea. I thought either. they would have had Frizzell back in, Barnett back in, like three or four this week. Which are they in there? Are they in the extended? No, they're not. No, they're not included at all. So realistically, I've, I've got no idea. I, Crossland's going back to the bench. I'll uh, go Newcastle. I thought they played quite well actually in patches against the Cowboys, but I I, I genuinely have no idea. Good luck. Like, how are you going to draw a line of form through that through that game? Yeah. I definitely saw some positives in the first half. The dogs let me down. I thought, you know, you'd look like to make a, you know, a point and build on what they did the week before. Oof. Yeah, you're overthinking something. Yeah. You're, I'll, you're tip, no the, I'll tip the dogs, but I think Newcastle will win. I, I can see Newcastle win, but I expected more troops back. I really did. But the odds of this one brought to you by bluebet.com.au. $1.70 for the dogs, two fifteen for the Knights. Minus two and a half is the line. One to twelve dogs, two ninety-five, three twenty-five the Knights. Thirteen plus for the dogs, three seventy, four ninety-five the Knights. Manly Broncos should be a cracker. Friday night football. There for game two of Magic Round and for Manly. Olakwatu returns after withdrawing last week. Ben Trebojevic and Ethan Bullimore maintain their spots. In the starting side with Morgan Harper listed in the reserves. So that means Ben Trevoy, which obviously goes to the Senators with Olakwatu back in the back row. Bullimore staying in the back row. And Andrew Davey comes back onto the bench after his shoulder injury. Kurt Deloise is out. Schuster's still got a calf injury. He's in the extended squad, but he's unlikely to play. For the Broncos, Haas and Catewell are both back into the side. 
Carragher moves to lock. Hetherington to the bench. TC Rabadi the reserves. Ryan James and Turpin also back into the reserves. Uh, I think this would be a tight contest. Yeah, and looking too. no Schuster. Um, they're still missing Paseca, so they're a bit lighter in their rotation. But mind you, having LOA back in with Kepi allowed him to push Tapao back to the bench with Sipley to get some impact. Like Walker's really good off the bench. I think the big one for me here is the test for their outside back. So you've now got Trebojevic defending out in the centres along with Kula up against Staggs and Farnworth. That could be an interesting hmm. point there for Brisbane if they can get the ball there. Hmm. Um, I still have more faith in Manly in a particular... They're spine, so I'll go with the Eagles. But, yeah, I think if uh, Brisbane can hold up in the middle and get some chances to attack the edges there, they've got some young guys there they can definitely try and expose. Definitely. I want to go Manly. Manly as well. And with bluebet.com.au, Manly are $1.60, dollars for the Broncos. Minus 3.5 is the line. And uh, the line, 3.5, sorry, margin, 1-12 to 12 for Manly, 285 360 for the Broncos, 13 plus, 297 for the Eagles, 640 for the Broncos. Saturday kicks off with two teams that definitely need to play some better football and need to win. The Warriors up against the Bunnies. Flip a coin, God. The Warriors, huge in for them. Tohu Harris returns from that knee. He goes straight into the back row. Hasn't played since around 18 last year. Marcelo Montoya returns to suspension. Adam Pompey goes to the centers. Rocco Berry out of the side and... In the extended reserves, two signings they made this week. Ronald Volkman, the young seven from the Roosters, and Freddie Lussick also comes over for the Roosters mm. to join their squad. And for the Rabbitohs, Cody Walker has been named captain in the absence of Cameron Murray. He's gone for scans, and I'm pretty sure it was said this afternoon he'll be getting surgery and out for at least a month and is in doubt for game one of origin. Jacob Host returns from injury. He goes to second row. Arrow goes to lock. Thomas Burgess is back from a late injury withdrawal last week. Moale goes to the bench. And Jackson Paulo is promoted from cup straight back into the centres. Tars is out. And Cody Nikarima comes straight into the 17 after his release from the Warriors to join the Bunnies to give them a utility. And that spot I spoke about earlier in the year is a real problem for me. I don't like Paulo on the centres. I think if he plays anywhere, it's on a wing. I know they've now moved Milne back to the edges. He can be a bit rocks and diamonds defensively, but I think he at least makes some better decisions or is a bit more aggressive as a centre. But I also go back to the point I made earlier in the year that if they're just going to keep recycling these guys and it's not working, at some point he's going to have to bite the bullet and get one of those two young kids in, whether it be Josiah Carapani or Terrell Kalokala. Because if they're just going to keep going through these guys and they're not happy and you centre your wing and we can't get our edge combinations right, you're better off throwing in one of those very talented kids you've got and get some games in them. Yeah. Um, but... This week, probably not as big a factor. You've got Viliami Valera on the other edge for the Warriors. is only very, very young and inexperienced. Um, so the matchup's probably not as much of a headache. But, yeah, for me, I think Paulo's a winger, not a centre. A lot of pressure, again, on Walker again this week without Murray there to do his job. Who do you like? Do you think Seas can find a win? Man. I'm going to do the unthinkable. I've done it a few times now. But after a bad performance, they seem to win. So I'm tipping the Warriors. I think with Murray missing... Yeah, I'm not tipping the Warriors. I'll tip South. Yeah. I've got zero confidence in either, but this is a real make-or-break week for me with them. Like You take Murray out now on top of the pressure they've already had, and I know the Warriors are absolutely rocks and diamonds, but yeah, I just haven't been impressed that much by South so far. Looking for a bit more. Hopefully we get a response 
this week with bluebet.com.au. The Warriors, $2.95, $1.40 for South. Minus 6.5 is the line. 1 to 12, 4 10 for the Warriors, $3 for South. 13 plus the Warriors, 8 30, 2.44 for South. Titans, Dragons, again, uh, a hard one to pick. But in terms of any changes there for the Titans, Jaden Campbell returns at fullback for the first time since round three. Brimson's back into the halves. Will Smith's out. Philip Semi returns from his injury on one wing. Azarko comes in on the other with Corey Thompson and Marju dropping out. Isar Masters comes into the centres for Pat Herbert. Kevin Proctor's been dropped to the reserves. Isaac Liu goes from prop to back row. Jared Wallace is in this front row. Jamie Jolliff's in the reserves as he comes back. That is a lot of changes. Hmm. Um, he's definitely wanted to look for a response there. And for the Dragons, zero changes. The same 17 that played last week. George Burgess is the 18th man. Yeah, I won't, I won't tip the Titans until they show me something. They show me Zippo. Yep, I'm the same. I'll go with the Dragons just mainly off the defensive side of things, um, even though they're a bit ugly in attack. But that's a hell of a lot of change. Um, complete new back line. Brimson back into the halves. A few changes in the forward pack. He's certainly looking for a response or trying to get a response out of some Yeah, balls. I like Campbell back at one. I think you'll see an improvement. Just in the way we play through him being at one. Mm. No doubt about that. He will certainly straighten them up in attack. That's for sure. Very, very dangerous player. And the odds of this game with bluebet.com.au is $1.95 outside an hour. The Titans that started to pick him, $1.85 for the Dragons, minus one and a half the line. 1 to 12, 320 Titans, 305 Dragons, 13 plus 455 Titans, 395 for the Dragons. And Saturday night closes out with the blockbuster. It is the Panthers up against the Storm, and those changes are there. We've got Nick Meany shifting from wing to fullback with Pappenhausen out. Dean Eremaya comes onto the wing, and they've got approval to get Marion Seve, one of the development guys, to play centre. So he's gone that option rather uh, than Coates and Warbrick, etc. And Kenny Bromwich has been named uh, despite a head knock, so he's obviously going to go through protocols. For the Panthers, things just get even better. They've got Toto... And Layota back last week, and Sorensen, who missed after illness, comes straight back in as well. So, uh, really looking forward to this. Still think it'll be an absolute cracker of a game, but that last minute sort of change with Pappenhausen um, having Meany go back there, and now having Seve and Eremeyer in, uh, I think that's definitely a spot I'd be going at. I'm going to go the Panthers. Yeah, Panthers. I, I like the matchups all across the field. I think we've got as much in the spine and definitely in the forward pack and what we can get out. But, yeah, I just think the meaty thing may take a couple of weeks. It may not be as cohesive. And, yeah, Seve, what's Olam? Olam's the left side. So Seve's right side of the field. So the left edge there, when you've got Tago, Taylor May, I think there's a bit more leg speed. They might be able to uh, try and expose Seve a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sort of a different preparations as well. Like you've had Melbourne have had some injuries and some pretty easy wins. Pendleton coming off that. Yeah, you know, not shock loss last week, but no, tough certainly game. a t- tough game. So it'll be interesting to see whether that actually takes juice out of them and whether Melbourne are actually fresh because they've had some easier weeks or vice versa, that it hardens Penrith and Melbourne might look short of a run. It'll just be interesting to see how that form translates into this game. Yeah, I think, again, Tyo got out some huge metres for his return. Louder had a good stint, so those guys are going to run under their belt. I think Penrith will want to respond after last week. Not, I definitely don't see a belt in Melbourne, but I, I think... No, I don't uh, think either team will... No, I think they're they're in a good spot. We'll run away with it. In mm. a very, very good spot here coming into Melbourne this weekend. And the odds with bluebet.com.au, $2.15 outside of the storm, $1.70 
for the Panthers, minus two and a half the line. One to twelve Storm three fifty two eighty five for the Panthers. Thirteen plus Storm four ninety three sixty five for the Panthers. And the triple to finish Magic Round Sunday sees the Sharks up against the Raiders for the second time this season for the Sharks. Those changes as expected. Hines back to fullback. Tracy to the centers. Mulatalo's back in on the wing. Trindle into seven. And uh, in terms of any other changes they've got there, um, you obviously know that Ramian is suspended and Kennedy suspended for their two tackles. McInnes has been named on the bench as Dale Finucane comes back in at lock. Royce Hunt onto the bench and Fafita goes to the reserves for the Raiders. Sebastian Chris comes to the bench in to replace Jared Croker who's out with that shoulder. Xavier Savage joins the interchange bench. Um, like I said, those changes for me pretty much sort themselves. They've got great versatility and for that reason and the way they've been playing. Sharks, the, the Raiders. Sharkies, I, yeah. I think this is a... <laughs> A bridge too far. If they can turn up and show a good effort with that, it'd be a bit of a sign of life, but we're still yet to see enough from the Raiders, that's for sure. Yeah. With bluebet.com.au, Sharkies $1.25, Raiders $4, Roos, oh, sorry, going ahead there, I am. Bloody hell. Minus 11.5 is the line, so a hefty line. 1 to 12 Sharks, three fifteen five dollars $5 for the Raiders. 13 plus Sharks, $2, $11 for the Raiders. Roosters para, another cracker for that Sunday. For the Roosters, Verrill's shocking run of injury for him. He can't take a trick. Collarbone injury, not sure how long, but Connor Watson, convenient timing, comes back in this week at hooker. Tokiaho promoted into the starting side for Lindsay Collins, who's suspended. And Saluka Fafita is the new man on the bench. Adam Kieran comes back into the, the reserves. Brad Arthur has named the same side that got the job done last week. Sean Russell is included in the reserves after getting a run under his belt last week in the New South Wales Cup. Uh, I'm going to tip the Eels, and this is one of those games where I look at it, and if the Roosters can win a game like this, I'll be starting to believe that they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, but for no, now, I just don't trust them enough. I can't see them beating Parramatta. Not with the way Parramatta they're playing. Play that way, play that tough style, the Roosters won't be able to handle that. Yeah, certainly agree with you, and particularly their, their go forward with questioning how direct and winning that middle in a lot of games this year. This is certainly a huge test for them. Definitely. Um, so if they can somehow get this result, it would be a good sign they're trending in the right direction and doing what Robinson said, which is month by month getting better. But bluebet.com.au agree. The Roosters probably closer than what I expected. $2.10. Parramatta $1.75. Minus 2.5 the line. 1-12 Roosters three forty two ninety Para. 13 plus Roosters four sixty five three eighty Para And things close out with the cracking Cowboys up against the Tigers who have been... A lot more energetic the last few weeks. Luciano Lealua going up against uh, the club that he'll be playing for in 12 months' time. And the only change by Maguire sees him return Luciano into the side. Safarth goes back to the bench. Thomas McKayley moves to the reserves. Marmola has been named despite failing HIA last week with a long turnaround. They'll be hoping he's available. Todd Payton has named an unchanged lineup uh, for his team. So... There you go. I think this one's pretty straightforward. Yeah. The way they've been playing their football, you stick with the Cowboys for the time being. And, yeah. Until they tell you otherwise. But, um, yeah, they, they certainly haven't showed really a weakness across the park at this point in time. No. They've got good dip, discipline. They defend really well. They do all the, the small things right. They can test kicks. They kick pressure. They strangle you coming out of yardage. Uh, all the little things you'd like to see as a coach, on top of the fact they've got some great individual talents. And now they've got a steering wheel that can utilise them. 
things are looking real positive for the Cowboys. Definitely, yeah. And the odds on this one are bluebet.com.au. The Tigers, $3.20 outsiders, $1.35 for the Cowboys, minus 8.5 the line. 1 to 12, Tigers, $4, $3 for the Cowboys. 13 plus Tigers, $9, 234 for the Cowboys. You're up for the charity bet this week. Is there anything you liked out of anything we just looked at? Um, Is there any head to heads? Any value? No, not really, I don't think. Like the Panther Storm game, I wouldn't be betting on. Not the head to heads anyway. Um, we can't know. have Maldives, can we? No, it's got to be a single. What about Parramatta? Thirteen plus what price? Para thirteen plus three eighty. Big win. Yeah, I reckon line total double wouldn't be too bad if you only got to chew two and a half. Mm. I don't know what the overs would be, but if it's forty something, you'd probably get three dollars for that. Well, they're expecting rain. Ah, oh, okay, that's not good. I've mm. looked at the weather. We'll get there one day. We'll get there. And uh, for this round, again. Bluebet have a cracking offer, and that's that on all NRL games, if you back your team head-to-head and they lead by six points or more at halftime, they will pay you out as a winner up to $100. Lead by six at halftime, you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly, as we always say. There's no one better to bet with than the True Blue Aussie Bookie. Download the app today. Visit the website. Support the bookie that supports us and is giving back to charity, which is always good. Fingers crossed we can get a win for the account this weekend. If you are someone who is attending Magic Round, I'm extremely jealous. Enjoy some Scoonamis. I hope you're going for all three days and it's an absolute ripper of a time. And like we said, we'll get there one day. Yeah, we will. It was going to be this year. but Two years of COVID stopped us. This year, a great opportunity for you. Um, but hopefully next year it lines up and we can get up there. Yeah. And would really, really love to spend three days drinking beer and watching football. That sounds like heaven. Yeah, it does. For now, that's us wrapped up for the week, Blockshead. Thanks to Penrith Solar Centre. Give them a call. Jake and the crew or visit the website. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. In terms of commentating any games this weekend, I don't know if that's going to work out because you're... We'll see how we go. You're at footy and I'm working both days pretty much. So... See how we go. I'd like to do the Panther Storm game if we can somehow get together and watch that one, but Mm. see what we can do. But uh, if that does happen, hijack.tv, you can download that on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, look them up on Facebook and the social media, H-Y-J-A-C-K, Hijack TV, download the app, and you can watch along with us as we commentate games. But for now, enjoy your week, enjoy your rugby league and magic round. How good. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.